Hey, welcome to TPT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel, and I have with me today Josh Brown. Josh, how are you? Uh, Dan, spring break's over. It's 17 degrees out, and we're expecting two feet of snow. Uh, so that's how I'm doing. Sounds great. Baseball season's almost in full swing. The World Baseball Cu- uh, Classic, I almost called it Cup. Uh, the World Baseball Classic is going on, so it seems like spring is really there with all that snow coming. Yeah, Dan, go Team Israel, too. I've been jumping on the bandwagon. They're the bandwagon team of the Classic. Watching it, you can just feel that the flowers blossoming and the sun coming out. So uh, you mentioned it perfectly there, Dan. We're starting to get there. And uh, the biggest sign of warm weather is TBT, uh, you know, starting to really kind of creep up here. So uh, nothing says warm weather like summer basketball. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Well, you know, what people usually think of when it's March is March Madness with the NCAA tournament. And the bracket came out yesterday. We're recording this on a Monday. So the bracket came out on Sunday. And probably by the time this airs, the first four will have been played. But I wanted to ask you, Josh, who you got so far in your bracket? You filled one out? Yeah, I have. I mean, I I never picked the winner correctly. And I don't even really care in the NCAA tournament who wins it. I just like thinking like which team is going to make the Elite Eight, which kind of like upset team. Uh, I'm a CAA guy. So I had UNC Wilmington uh, possibly making a run. They're the 12 seed. They're 29 and five. They're a very good team. Uh, I love Providence. They're one of the teams playing in the first four. Um, they play Southern California on Wednesday. And uh, I don't know. I think they can make a little noise in terms of winning it all. Um, I've always kind of just jumped on the uh, Kentucky bandwagon, and I've also jumped on the West Virginia bandwagon. So uh, I guess I just named like 10 teams right there, but uh, that's kind of who I'm rolling with. But if I had to pick one, uh, I think I'm going to go with the four seed West Virginia uh, winning the championship. One of my favorite things to do is look at the bracket and then think about the TBT alumni team that each of these schools has, (laughs) and then try to imagine which one of them is going to go the farthest, you know? So a couple of years ago, I think it was in 20... Must have been maybe 2016 or no, 2015. It was fun looking at Notre Dame because Notre Dame almost made the Final Four for the first time, which would have been really cool. Uh, but they have a tough out against a former TBT participant, possibly once again participant in Princeton as a yeah. 5-12. Um, Gonzaga looks like they've got a great path, great possibility of making the Final Four for them. They do. And uh, their team, you just got to love watching. I mean, they're a West Coast team. Um, and, you know, you can go get home late at night, watch them play. But yeah, I mean, they, I think they have to play Northwestern or Vanderbilt, the winner of that. So, uh, again, they'll, they'll have to beat Notre Dame or West Virginia if they keep winning, but they have a good path. But um, you look VCU, um, yeah. their team, again, they're a TBT alumni team. They don't have the toughest of first-round matchups against St. Mary's, and then they would play probably Arizona, who never really wins in the tournament. So they could be a TBT team. And we actually have a, a big TBT game uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, I mean, this won't be out yet, but uh, we're again, we're recording on Monday in Kansas State, a TBT alumni team. They right. play Wake Forest, so that's another big one. Yeah, absolutely. You know what's interesting about that VCU game? I don't really know much about St. Mary's this year, but VCU's on a roll. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that team, just they just won the conference tournament. Yeah, it's it's every year with them. You know, I, people thought when Shaka Smart left that they were going to kind of uh, maybe go downhill a little, but they just keep pouring it on. So I know uh, Joey Rodriguez and the rest of the uh, Ram Nation team will be watching them pretty closely the next couple of mo- uh, weeks. Absolutely, it's going to be fun to fun to watch, and it's always fun to fill out a bracket. We do a bracket contest ourselves. Uh, you remember that? I do. A lot of good prizes. We had the best, some of the best prizes you're ever going to find. We actually talked about them last week, but let's do this. This is a primetime players focused podcast, so let's get to some of those interviews now, and then we'll come back after the break and we'll talk a little bit about TBT's bracket contest that we ran last summer and what we're going to do this year.
Welcoming in now Chris Thomas, GM of the Primetime Players, now a two-time participant in TVT. Chris, thank you so much for being here. Josh, appreciate you calling me and getting me back involved on this podcast, buddy. Appreciate it. Absolutely. One of our uh, favorite recurring guests now on the TVT podcast. Chris, uh, we, like I mentioned, obviously, you've been on before, so we know kind of the primetime player backstory. We know uh, the team was played together. So I really wanted to talk about now your two years actually in the tournament in TVT. Uh, and obviously, you guys are coming back for a third year just in a couple of months from now. I guess for, before we begin, uh, what's kind of been the offseason uh, for primetime? Obviously, Obviously, uh, TBT coming up real soon. So what have you guys kind of been up to? Well, Josh, we we ever since, you know, we did get eliminated, you know, in Charlotte and TBT last year. We haven't we haven't stopped playing since. You know, we play in a lot of the local leagues here, and we've been playing at least two or three times a week. And then we just started our minor league season two weeks ago, and we just had our second game this past weekend. And we've probably played maybe 70 games since last August. Now, I know this is something we've talked about a little bit uh, behind the scenes, but just talk about what TBT kind of means to the guys. And you mentioned it last time you were on, but uh, you really get the sense, you know, talking to you, looking at the team, that you guys really uh, are, are kind of invested in TBT all year uh, around. Obviously, you're playing in the uh, in, you know, your league down in North Carolina, the East Coast Basketball League, but it seems like year-round you do have some kind of focus on TBT, whether it be, you know, guys playing together or, um, you know, getting the group, you know, together, just talking talking about it in general. It seems like TBT is kind of a year-round thing for you guys. Yeah, it is, Josh. I mean, after, you know, after last year's disappointment, I mean, the first thing that, you know, we did as a group, tried to figure out, you know, what we could do to get better. I mean, we did have some injuries and things didn't really go our way, but, you know, we know we're just, we're, we're right there. It's just a, a couple moves here, there, you know, we could do to try to make us better. And we've made a couple moves on our roster, you know, since, um, since last year. And, you know, and one of them we made, we made it with the uh, 100% reason of adding him to help us to try to win this whole tournament. We added a kid named Dewan Harris that played at UNCC Charlotte, which is a local, local player here. You know, he's got good backing here. He has a, a lot of following, you know, to where, you know, he can get us some good votes too. And he's an excellent basketball player, played pro ball overseas four or five years. And, and this way we can take Sean Barnett, which is, you know, one of our stars. And instead of having him play the point guard all the time, now we can move him off the ball and give us two really strong point guards with Victor Street and, and Dewan Harris both being able to handle the ball. And Chris Moore now can concentrate a little bit more on scoring too. And so far it's been it's been a really good success. We, you know, we won, we've lost one game since last September or August, wherever, we're right after the TBT. We've only lost one game since then, so we've, you know, it's been working out pretty good. <laughs> that's an incredible mark right there. Uh, that's almost what five, six months already, seven months. Uh, so prime time looking well uh, in the TBT off season. You mentioned there how um, you you kind of mentioned the Charlotte connection. Obviously, TBT was in Charlotte um, last uh, year. You guys were obviously able to play there. What was it like for you going from playing in Atlanta, that regional, two years ago, where uh, a lot of people I don't think really knew who prime time was. They obviously learned who you were really quickly when you beat uh, that BDB team. But, you know, going in, not a lot of people knew who you were to playing in Charlotte. You guys had a packed um, kind of crowd up in that that balcony over at the Grady Colt. We got you know people cheering for you, rooting you on. So what was that like to play in front of kind of a, a home crowd advantage in Charlotte? I mean, Josh, it was it was great playing in Charlotte. I mean, it, we you know it, we had a you know we had a really tough opponent the first round, but I mean I was real confident and the guys were real confident. The crowd was great. I mean. I mean, I'm telling you, I had butterflies. You know, usually I'll go to the games. You know, I don't think much of it, but I mean, I had you know a lump in my throat, and 
you know, butterflies like I was still in high school, getting back out there and seeing everybody there. And then also, you know, Whistle Sports was there, you know, covering the game, which, you know, did. We ended up, I think we had like 90,000 viewers, you know, watching our first half, which was, you know, which was crazy. And I mean, I just, you know, I was disappointed, you know, for the people that are there supporting us, you know, that we weren't able to make it through that region. But, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, maybe this year they come back again. And, you know, I'd like to definitely get a matchup against another, you know, one of the top teams that have a lot of fan following, like, you know, the VCU crowd, the Davidson crowd, or somebody like that brings a lot of fans with them as well. We, we would love to try to be able to play one of those teams this year and, you know, have another packed house and, and you know, show up like we did in Atlanta, you know, the first year and go ahead and take everybody rough shot. Absolutely, and obviously, for those who don't know, uh, Primetime made it to the Super 16 in Chicago in that uh, 2015 tournament and then uh, fell in the first round last year. But not to rehash bad memories, but I I think just looking at Primetime and seeing, again, I mentioned earlier how dedicated you guys are to TBT and how much you guys kind of really, you know, value the tournament and and really think about it all year. Again, not to rehash bad memories, but take us through, you know, after that game last year down in Charleston what's the mood in the locker room after that game I mean it was cru- it was crushing I mean we you know we came into the TBT you know we honestly I mean we didn't come to the TBT just to say prime time oh we're getting in the tournament we're playing I mean we we signed up and we did all the work to get the votes in it we practiced we play with one goal and that one goal was you know to be there at the end and be what overseas elite did I mean we 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 really thought that we were going to be able to go there and, and win the championship I mean last year you know, we got there. I mean, we started off great. I think we were up 31 to 13 at the, in the first half. And, you know, that was with Sean Barnett, who went out, I think, the first minute of the game where he slid his eyelid and we lost him for the rest of the quarter. But then the second half, I mean, it just, you know, Terrell Smith fouled out, I think, with 11 minutes to go and we were up 11. And after that, I mean, I don't know, it just, you know, it's, it is a game, you know, and anything can happen. So, you know, the guys took it hard. You know, everybody, I mean, it wasn't from a lack of effort. I mean, you know, we just, the ball didn't go our way. And, you know, we got in there and I mean, it took maybe, it probably took three or four weeks before we were able to really, you know, to let it settle in and then just go ahead and say, hey guys, you know, this one's past us. Let's go ahead and start working on what's next. Go ahead and start getting involved playing in these leagues locally and then start playing on what we can do next year to get better and what we can do to try to win this thing. You mentioned right there kind of getting votes and, uh, you know, beginning right away when you could begin registering. Just talk about for primetime fans, what is the TBT kind of meant to them uh, and, you know, rallying behind the team even more? Obviously, uh, they had a team to root for in you guys before TBT, but now kind of with the extra incentive, if they vote and you guys win, they end up with a chunk of the money. Um, they get to watch you. And- and obviously on national TV in, uh, in you know 2015, and uh, obviously you guys are hoping again this year. Actually, every game's on the ESPN network this year, so uh, if you make it in, you will be on there. But what does that kind of do for the fans? Again, one, having the incentive to vote for you and get that cash reward, and number two, being able to watch you on such a big stage. How have they kind of kind of engaged with that, and how has it helped them rally behind the team? Well, I think, I mean, even though the money's there, you know, it's almost like that money doesn't matter to some of the fans that have been with us you know we've been in the minor league circuit this will be our sixth year and we do have a pretty good backing here and then plus also you know our whole league which goes from virginia down to georgia you know we basically our whole league you know is supportive of us too you know they all you know when it comes up time for us you know they want us to get in there because they know we represent our league and you know if we do good it makes our league look good and then like we also have interns throughout our league and stuff this year that you know we have an intern program ship with our east coast basketball league and then this year we're going to 
you know, I'm going to tap into that to try to get these interns, you know, to work with us, to help us um, get some um, vote drives at some of the local colleges and stuff like that. And we also have our cheerleading team. We have a dance team. And, you know, they, they all love being a part of it too. And, you know, and they get out there and work just as hard as the players on our team do. You mentioned there the, the ECBL and uh, a league that is really kind of gaining steam over the years. And uh, you guys have won the championship for, what's it been, five years in a row now? Yeah, we originally we started off in another league called the Tobacco Road League, and we won that for three years, and then we branched off and um, joined the ECBL in 2015 was our first year. So we won two, we won three TRBL Tobacco Road Basketball League championships, and then we won the last two ESOS Basketball League championships. So in, in that ECBL, has there been any kind of, uh, again, you guys are the two-time champion, so you're really the cream of the crop in the league right now, but has there been any talks about, um, you know, any other of the coaches, GMs, or the other teams, have they ever uh, tried to, you know, get in in the action or, or maybe, um, you know, combine some players here and there? I know one of the kind of charms of primetime is you play together all year long, so I don't know how mixing any other people in the mix would, would uh, kind of fare, but has there, you heard any talk about any of the other teams watching you, seeing how well you guys guys have played and wanting to jump in or combine and you know put together an all ECBL team or anything like that yeah there there is talk I know last year we had the um, Petersburg team they they had put it in there and didn't get enough votes and then we also have the um, Raleigh Durham rap the RDU Raptors last year now they've changed their name back to the North Carolina Coyotes I wouldn't be surprised if the Coyotes and the Petersburg Cavaliers I would wouldn't be surprised if those guys try to get in there and try to play and then I mean we also have you know tons of other teams in this area like PSF which is um they're one of I mean, those guys, we've been in the circuit here together in the local city leagues, I guess, as long as I can remember. And, you know, last year they had a really good game against uh, VCU, and I think they're coming back this year. And, you know, we also have other teams that aren't in our minor leagues that are, you know, that are thinking about trying to get into it and push. Because, I mean, even though, you know, some teams might not be in the minor league circuit, you know, there are some teams out there that are really, really good in this area that just play in the city and the money tournaments and stuff like that on the weekends, too. Absolutely. And uh, like you mentioned, I think one of the great things personally for TBT has been uh, kind of being able to uh, uncover a, a new kind of layer of basketball that I didn't know was there, whether it be uh, prime time. Uh, we had the Millerats from up in Canada. They entered uh, two years ago. So being able to kind of watch some of these minor league teams, teams you might not know about, um, you know, enter TBT and watch them play. Well, what's kind of been for you, you know, other than prime time, has there been a team that you've personally enjoyed watching, maybe their style? Um, or a team, you know, maybe you didn't know about who played well in TBT. I know you're just kind of a fan of the tournament uh, as well as a GM. So what's kind of been besides primetime? Anyone in, in, you know, in particular you've enjoyed watching? Well, you know, of course, overseas elite, you know, we, we were there and we were with them in Atlanta when they came in and just had five guys and were able to win their first game. And, and then they were, I mean, they just struggled to get through, you know, the first weekend then to see what they were able to do all the way, all the way through was amazing. And then this year, you know, we saw them again in Charlotte, but, you know, it's tough watching them, you know, them guys were getting it done. And, you know, especially when I'm watching them and, you know, my guys are watching them, we're thinking, you know, man, you know, we can beat these guys. And then, you know, of course, with Mike Bibby and them, you know, seeing them play with White Chocolate, those guys, you know, it was good seeing, you know, all these guys, you know, so many of these players, you know, I grew up watching, you know, over the last 20 years, you know, seeing them, you know, play here or there too. And, you know, I mean, that's great to see, you know, all these players that, you know, I remember that played in college, you know, seeing them out there still, you know, being able to play at a high level. 
It's actually been a question that we've asked uh, really every GM that's come on, and I just think it's interesting, uh, you know, without getting into specifics about what you personally would do, but what's kind of, you know, you mentioned you've watched overseas elite two-time champions. They've never lost. They've, can't, they've come close, but they've never uh, actually lost a game. If you're a GM and a coach, because you're both obviously with primetime, uh, how do you go about that game when you're faced up against them? What's kind of um, a general outline to be able to compete with them and maybe, you know, maybe even come away with a win? Man, uh, I mean, all their guys, you know, it's it's like they're the same team too, you know, just like we are. You know, they they basically brought back almost the exact same team. You know, I just know with those guards, I mean, I feel like my guards can shoot with anybody, but, you know, my guards have had to step it up on defense. And, I mean, I, I would love a chance to be able to play them, you know, just to be able to challenge my guys and, I mean, get out there against them and, you know, being on, you know, the national stage against, you know, right now, you know, the – in our league around here in the TBT, you know, they've been the best for, you know, two years in a row. And I mean, I would just, you know, it's really, I don't know how we would try, you know, I would set it up to match it up. You know, I would have to look at the, you know, I'll start looking at the videos, try to figure out, you know, who I would match up with who, you know, what kind of sets we would run. But I know going into it that, you know, they're going to definitely have to stop us is one way we would have to look at it because I know, you know, we any team that we're playing in the TBT, you know, we're going to bring that scoring with us for sure. Absolutely. And kind of moving ahead. So obviously, uh, you know, no surprise, prime time will be, uh, you know, entering again in 2017. So what's kind of, um, you know, you mentioned how you, playing throughout the year kind of gets you guys ready for TBT. But once we hit April and May and June and really get close to TBT, what, how does kind of preparation change? What's kind of the schedule look like for prime time in, you know, the weeks and months heading into the tournament? Well, Josh, really, it, you know, really right now when get when we start getting ready for that is it's really the perfect time for us because our minor league season is kind of like it kicked in in March. And what we do, we play, we'll have like one, you know, minor league game every single week. And then we also have practice once a week. And then we have, you know, we're playing in the Myers Park League, which PSF, which is one of our top teams in, in this area, they play in that league. We have Shard Elite, which is a former TV team. They play in that league, too. And, I mean, we have some really tough teams in there. So we're playing in that league. We're playing in our minor league. And we're also getting together, working on things. And then the week of June all the way till July 1st is when our playoffs are for our league. So I'm hoping, you know, we can get through and win a sixth season. And, you know, having – Having that pressure of, you know, knowing you either win or go home, you know, we're already practicing that a week, you know, a couple a couple weeks in a row leading into the TBT. And so I'm hoping that, you know, we can get some momentum and we can win, you know, another ECBL championship and then take one week off of July 4th and then come back the week after that and be ready to start playing in the TBT. Absolutely. Chris Thomas, GM of the Primetime Players. Uh, Chris, again, we, we appreciate you coming on on such short notice. And we're, again, we're looking forward to having Primetime back here in 2017. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you back on the podcast sometime. Always great to catch up, Chris. Hey, Josh, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, Josh, that was great stuff. Let's, um, we kind of left off when we were talking about bracket contests, and we actually had two prizes that, uh, uh, basically the way that it worked, Josh, is there were 10 prizes. The top 10 finishers in the TBT bracket contest got to pick their prize based upon the order that they finished. So obviously the person that came in first got to pick first, et cetera. So two of the prizes that were, I thought, really cool is that one fan selected the ability to pick an at-large team this year, uh, which means that as long as the team is eligible, he'll be able to pick any team in the field that he wants to play in the event. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you literally can't beat, uh, have like more control over uh, kind of a, a team's destiny than that. I mean, it's just kind of, uh, it's nothing. It's again, TBT is the most interactive uh, you know, sporting event really in the world, and that kind of shows it right there. So, so uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, he may have already made a selection too. So, really? we're going to reveal. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think people that are like TPT hardcore fans, TPTers, are going to recognize the team that he picks. the um, The other one is a fan, and I haven't revealed who this is publicly yet, but it's a fan who has the power to make his vote worth one thousand votes. Wow! So I mentioned this last week. I do a conference call every week with the GMs. And I mentioned this last week and instantly got flooded <laughs> with emails and texts and phone calls <laughs> demanding to know who this person was and how they can get in touch with them. So I think we're going to have some fun with that this year, Josh. That fan, I'm not going to reveal who it is yet, but I talked to him last week. He's excited about the opportunity to basically, you know, sort of make a team in, you know, basically uh, cast his boat, make it worth a thousand votes. And I think that could be enough to get most teams over the hump this year. I, I would love to see that guy's either Twitter DMs or text messages or whatever and see what uh, what teams are kind of sending to him to try to get their way in with well, them. We're going to do a good job, hopefully, of chronicling that this year and making sure that people kind of keep on top of what's going to happen with the 1,000-vote fans. So that'll be a lot of fun to do. Um, so anyways, we talked about March Madness. We talked about uh, the World Baseball Classic for a second, uh, which obviously everybody is glued to their TVs uh, following that, I'm sure. Really high stakes, and the guys obviously really care. Uh, so the, the other thing I was going to talk about was obviously TVT opens up for applications in less than two, less than three weeks. It's on April 1st, between April 1st and April, I'm sorry, in June 1st, teams will compete to get in. And as I always say, there's two competitions in TBT. There's the competition on the court and there's the competition to get in. And if you don't win at the, at the competition to get in, you've got no chance of winning on the court. So a lot of teams are forming right now. I'm hearing some great stuff about uh, various teams that are trying to organize themselves and link themselves up with people that can help them get the votes. So it's going to be a really exciting time for TBT and for anyone that loves uh, basketball in the summer of 2017. Josh, I know we've got some updates on players from around the world. So why don't we start with you on that now? Sure. We have two overseas players and then three making uh, a little bit of noise in the D-League, Dan. We don't actually get to the D-League too often, so uh, good to get some of those guys in. But we'll begin with the two, uh, both of them actually playing in France. One, Spen uh, Spencer Butterfield from the Utah Stallions. Um, he actually plays for Nantari. They're the second best team in the league. Uh, they are 16-6 and six on the year. They actually beat the number one team, Monaco, who was on a 10-game winning streak, 99-88. to 88, uh, And that actually pulled Butterfield. And uh, he actually plays with Chris Warren from TMD and Brian Conklin, who played for that St. Louis alumni team a couple years ago. Uh, they all play together. But either way, Butterfield with a big game in that win. He had 23 points four rebounds, and he's averaging 13.2 uh, points and nearly five rebounds per game. So uh, I think that's a great combination, especially that Warren-Butterfield combination. Uh, Butterfield, a shooter who can uh, kind of uh, hit him from downtown. Warren, a very good passer. He dishes the ball well. So I think they are making some pretty good noise over for Nantery. Uh, Cameron Clark, the Oklahoma grad playing for that Untouchables team. Uh, he's, uh, again, playing in France as well. 
for Shalone. They won 77-68 to 68 over ASVEL, another big kind of rivalry game over in France. And um, Cameron Clark had 26 in that win. He's actually averaging 18.5 per, ga- per game. Uh, and he leads the league, actually, with that margin. He's one of the all-time uh, best Oklahoma players, actually. Kind of sneaky under the radar, but he finished with 1,284 points at Oklahoma, uh, which is in the top 20 in program history. Uh, three D-League guys now, Dan, and a ringer. One of them, David Stockton, the few good men ringer. Uh, he actually had kind of a whirlwind of a year. He started in Croatia. Then he went to Australia. Now he's back in the D-League playing for the Reno Bighorns. Uh, remember, kind of a, an undersized guy, but playing very well. He's averaging 18.2 points over his first five games. And he had a season high across every you know everywhere he's played. Uh, 27 points in a 114-106 win over the Los Angeles Defenders on Friday. So David Stockton, uh, who was one of those uh, kind of players who you didn't know if he'd be playing or not, the ringer, coming in, playing well in the D-League. Uh, Elijah Millsap, he played for Everline Drive, one of the uh, TBT mainstays, one of the, you know an original participant who has been in it all three years. He's playing for the Northern Arizona Suns, uh, where he actually plays with uh, Xavier Silas from City of Gods, and Xavier Silas playing well as well. But Millsap uh, had a team-high 29 and 9 rebounds and a 120-118 close win over the Texas Legends. Millsap averaging 18.8 and 8 a game. And if you're wondering, Silas averaging 14.1 points a game of his own and lastly Marquise Teague did a little bit of a controversy here he was so he was on the roster for the Kentucky alumni team the Bluegrass Boys he couldn't play uh, I think he was playing in summer league or something so he couldn't end up playing uh, in their lone game against the Jackson Tennessee underdogs but he just signed with the um, Fort Wayne Mad Ants who obviously the Ants alumni are a two-time TBT participant uh, Teague going over from Russia to play with the Mad Ants so um, you know, Dan, could that be a little controversy there? Teague, uh, you know, he was on the roster for the Kentucky team. If both them and the Mad Ants come back, who does Teague end up playing for? A little bit of uh, something to watch out for in TBT 2017 involving the Kentucky alumni player. Yes, you know, another um, member of that Bluegrass Boys that didn't make it that uh, is really playing awesome right now. Do you know who I'm going to talk about? Um, I did not know. Jordan Crawford. Okay. He signed with the Pelicans, and he's had two games where he scored 19 points in both games. Wow. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, wow. that would have think about how good that team would have been if they could have shown up with a full, a full roster. So hopefully, uh, some good things are in store for the Bluegrass Boys uh, this year too. I've got some updates too, Josh. You ready? Yeah. All right. Alan N- Nelson from the Midwest Dream Squad has really put together a pretty solid season uh, for the Dragons of Rondorf in the Pro B third division in Germany. He's got 23 points and 12.5 rebounds per game, which are both uh, team highs. Uh, His team has missed out on the playoff action, so he should have a great opportunity to continue to move up the ranks of European professional basketball next year. So that's going to be a guy to watch. Aaron Nelson from the Midwest Dream Squad. Uh, Staying in Germany, Omari Knox from the Talladega Knights. He's putting up huge numbers this season for TSV Oberhaching Diesenhofen. Uh, Knox is averaging about 24 points a game along with 7.5 rebounds, 4.5 assists, and 2.9 steals. That is a He's filling out box scores. <laughs> I mean, that's a great line. 24, 7.5 rebounds, 4.5 assists, 
and 2.9 steals. Wow. So he's obviously the leader of that team. He was also impressive this past summer in TBT where he scored 14 points off the bench in just 16 minutes in the Talladega Nights first round uh, win in 2016. Will Sheehy, fan favorite, uh, former yeah. Indiana Hoosier. He's really played a, a great role, been defined a, defined a great role for himself off the bench this year for the actual best team in the D-League, the Raptors 905 Mississauga. Which, uh, again, you know, we talked about the Delaware 87ers last week. There's <laughs> got to be some better branding. Uh, I don't know. It's just as hard to say. Net Raptors 905 Mississauga. I feel sure like every D-League team should just be like the team name. Like the, the Celtics are the Celtics. You know what I mean? Like how they do in baseball. Yeah, and they do it a little bit in hockey too. Yeah. Like the Providence Bruins. You know what I mean? You know what though? I think that all the minor league sports have taken this – they see this as an opportunity for, you know, like brand development or and like selling, you know, a hundred hats or whatever. But it really that, would do well, a great job if they just made it simple. You know, that's the, true. Cause yeah, did. I mean, you, you talk about that. Everyone, if you're at home, Google the Hartford yard goats, they're like a single A team, uh, in the MI and, you know, major league baseball, you know, single A. Uh, so and that actually is a good point. The, the minor league teams all do have pretty kind of cool logos and stuff. Yeah. That one down here in New Orleans, they they renamed them from the Zephyrs to the Baby Cakes this year. <laughs> I don't know what either of them are. But. Well, a Zephyr, the Zephyr actually made sense because there used to be this giant amusement park down here that had a ride called the Zephyr. And so that that one was kind of cool. The Baby Cakes, like, people got up in arms about it. And keep in mind, there's like, <laughs> you know, 700 people, maybe a game that go to a, a AAA baseball game in New Orleans in the summer. So it's not like it's a huge fan base, but the Baby Cakes made no sense. Some of the, at least at least you can say it easily though you know yeah. Uh, anyways, um, Will She he's really uh, playing pretty well. He's got uh, he's averaging a little over ten points a game to go along with three and almost three and a half rebounds. He's been playing very very well for the team that is off to a thirty one and eleven record, uh, including three separate seven game winning streaks. So apparently the regular season of the D League wraps up on March thirty first, and uh, Sheehy and the Raptors are aiming for a D League title. Um, all right, Shane Gibson of Team Fancy. He's the leading scorer for his Bulgarian professional team, BC Barrow. He's got 17.6 points per game, and he's really played uh, very similarly to how he did last summer for Fancy, where he scored 28 points on seven three-pointers in his opening round loss uh, for Team Fancy last year. Fancy's coming back this year. Love the popsicle emoji, so yeah, see them yeah. back. I had a great conversation with them, um, actually, over All-Star Weekend down here, and they're, they're gearing up. They, they don't want to lose. You know, those are competitive guys. So yeah. I'm really interested to see how they do this year, too. But um, anyway, Shane, Shane Gibson, um, his, his team, BC Barrow, is in second place in the NBL in Bulgaria with a 13-6 record, trailing by three games with five more to play. And, uh, you know, they're aiming for a league championship there, too. Um, final update for one of my favorite guys. Uh, final update is from Mexico. Paul Marini of the, um, of the team Seven Outs. He's averaging 17.1 points per game, 6.1 rebounds, and 3.9 assists for Barateros de Zacatecas. And Paul is known for his ability to score the rock, obviously, but he will be remembered by TBT fans for what I thought was really one of the most clutch shots in TBT history. It was awesome. A fadeaway triple in the West Regional in 2016 yeah. that uh, advanced seven outs to the uh, to the, the second round last year. He had a team-high 19 points in that game with 12 rebounds and five assists. That was a really tough one because if you remember that game at all, Air Force was really battling the whole time, the Air Force bomb squad. And uh, Matt Holland came down, had a really clutch shot right toward the end, looked like he had won it for them. And then seven outs and Paul uh, Marigny apparently just you know had a little bit more in the tank and 
nailed that shot to win it. But really a great um, season for those guys. And it's amazing how many of these guys not only play overseas, Josh, but how many of them really do exceptional things overseas. Yeah, I mean, if you go on some of the websites and blogs, it's like TBT guy, TV after TBT guy after TBT guy. It's uh, really kind of just dominating. And even, you know, we're seeing in the D-League now, a lot of them making noise, Bobby Brown in the NBA. So uh, a lot of them doing well. Dan, actually, there's one. I didn't want to take it from you because I know you tweeted it out, but actually Eric McCollum with a big signing. Oh, uh, yeah. Going back to Turkey as well. He actually going back to, uh, I'm not going to get it right, but Galatasaray. Yeah. uh, He actually won the Euro Cup with them last year, won MVPs, and uh, he went to China this year, but now going back to Turkey. So uh, I know the fans, like you mentioned on Twitter, were pretty excited about that. So good to see. Yeah, he was um, really happy about going back over there, and I think that the team really wanted him. I remember back in the first month of the season, uh, the coach over there was saying that the biggest mistake they made in the offseason was not bringing Eric back. So uh, they've rectified that for now, and we'll see if he can uh, lead them to some great things uh, in the and remainder of the uh, TBL season over there. Um, lots of great things are happening under under the water with TBT. I'm hearing from a lot of teams, Josh. Some really great stuff is is brewing. Really interesting teams are, are starting to form. So we're really excited about that. Any team that you would really want to see that you haven't seen yet? Either alumni or uh, professional boot based or anything like that? Well, as a Northeastern guy, I'll put that aside because I'd love to see an, their alumni team. But um, I... I don't know. That's so tough. I mean, there's so many teams. I mean, a Duke team would be really great to see. We've seen a couple of Duke guys, Dante Jones. Um, uh, there's been a couple of other ones uh, in their Midwest Dream Squad. I, the name's escaping me. Um, Sean Dockery. Sean Dockery, but they had a Duke guy. Um, uh, I, I'm a big fan of these underdog, like the VCU uh, kind of teams. Buck Nell's in the tournament. Their team we forgot to mention earlier. Yeah. So. Just any kind of those Cinderella heroes. The one guy, though, I'd love to see, uh, and maybe that that means bringing their alumni team, is from Northern Iowa, Dan. Remember? Yes. Uh, Ali yeah. Farouk Manesh. Yeah. He's We've been in touch who, with him periodically over the years. <laughs> yeah, I've seen people <laughs> tweeting him about TBT. I think even when I had a team, I tweeted him uh, about joining. But he's a guy who was really kind of a, a, a guy who kind of stole the show. And one other one, uh, a Yale alumni team, because they had that Makai Mason kid. I don't know if you remember from last year who lit up the NCAA tournament. I think he's a prototypical TBT guy, like a scrappy uh, little guard. He can shoot. Um, he, he plays with a lot of emotion. So maybe you get a Yale alumni team just to see him play as well. That would be fascinating. I'd love to see like, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd love to see this, the Ivy league somehow come up with a all-star Ivy league lineup. Mm. You know, that would really be something to see, I think, but you know, we'll see every school's obviously got its own desire to, to put themselves together. The things that I'm really interested in though, too, are the teams that, you know, all these guys kind of work out together in the, in the off season, you know, so you've got guys that are, uh, say shooting coaches, for example, and they've got a, a stable of like eight to 12 guys that work out with them every day. Or you've got uh, another guy that, you know, maybe just as a, a pro trainer, you know, like a Ross Burns type or something. And you've got guys that work out with him every day. I love seeing those teams enter too, because you know that they kind of, they come for only one reason, you know, like they are not there for the camaraderie of it. They're not there to get a workout in. They're just are plainly there to win. Um, exactly. And not that everybody's not, but it's just something about those teams to me that, that are fascinating. And, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens this year. It's going to be tough to get in, and hopefully uh, teams take advantage of, uh, of some of the opportunities that are going to present themselves this year. All right, well, that's great. We remember that TBT is all over the place on social media. Uh, our content's really going to start ramping up over the next few weeks. On Facebook, we're at The Tournament. 
the tournament on Twitter. We're also at the tournament on Instagram. We're the dot tournament Snapchat, which we haven't really used too much of lately, although we're going to try to ramp that up a little bit. It's the tournament there. Viber, which uh, again, Josh, man, that is the place to be, right? I'm actually on Viber right now, Dan. Yeah. Viber is the tournament as well. And uh, that's about it. Don't forget, tell your friends and family about the TBT podcast. If you're not spreading it around, please send it around and let people know all of the inside information that you know as well. Don't be the only one to keep it. Uh, I'm sorry. Don't keep all that information to yourself. Spread it around and let everybody know all the good stuff that's happening with TBT. Any uh, parting words, Josh? Uh, no. If you're up here in the Northeast, avoid uh, the snow. Hopefully, you stay warm and dry. And uh, we'll see you next week for some more TBT fun. <laughs>